Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and this is our number two running back fantasy preview episode. We talk about all the RB2s that you want to draft this year, guys you should avoid. Just kind of breaking down where we have guys ranked. Here to do it with me, one of the top rankers in the game, Sean Kerner, the odds maker. Sean, what's going on? What's up? So we are less than a month away from the Hall of Fame game between the Jets and Browns, which will open with Zach Wilson handing the ball off to Israel Abanikanda. I can't wait. <laughs> but uh, that also means shit is getting real. Oh, yeah. And the running back position is always where it gets real. Yeah. We have that that frozen pond tier, as we like to, to call yeah. it. So uh, before we get into, you know, all the, the backs, um, I'm just kind of wondering, where where do you kind of see the frozen pond tier uh, starting for backs this year? <laughs> I mean, honestly, probably RB13. Uh, with Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker. I know you like those guys. I do too. I think they're very talented, but that's that's kind of where I think you you can have some serious questions with you know their potential rookie backups eating into more of the workload than we think. Um, Jameer Gibbs, again, very talented, but is he going to see any goal line work? Um, how is he going to you know hit top 15 uh, without those goal line touches? So uh, all these backs from like RB13, RB24, I love talent wise, but there's concerns about everyone. So that's just the range that you got to be careful. Um, I'm usually drafting a running back before the t- top 12 are off the board. Um, and then just, you know, hitting the other position. So I think this is the range where this is usually where the frozen pond is. And that's where to get, that's where it is again this year. Yeah. I mean, I I'd, I'd say it starts even higher. I'm concerned about Josh Jacobs uh, oh, yeah, this year. I mean, coming off all those touches and, yeah. uh, you know, it, get, it gets kind of, it gets kind of shaky after that, but I do think there is a lot of value in the RB two tier. If you do just wait, you know, so mm-hmm. a lot of times the reason I say, I like guys like, you know, ETN and, and guys at the top of that range, that's more if I miss out on uh, an RB one, cause I don't think you should go overboard and, and kind of draft, you know, reach for a guy uh, early. If you can get, you know, Kelsey or in, in, in stud receivers and whatnot. So, uh, but as far as the RB two value, there's a lot of guys, I mean, the difference between, you know, a guy like, you know, going in the, you know, like like Rashad White, who's RB22, and uh, a Samaje Piran even at RB38. Like, I don't think it's <laughs> – I don't think it's as big as people think. So, there's a yeah. lot of guys in that kind of RB23 range uh, that, that I do think are values. And if I if I did kind of go with, a you know, kind of a, a fade running back and, and, and go all receivers and, and, and guys like that early – 
I wouldn't feel like a zero RB, I guess you would call it. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. You know, I, I think I, I would just have to go, you know, probably three guys in that 13 plus tier, but you know, from 13 on, but uh, I feel comfortable kind of waiting uh, on these backs. So I think it's going to kind of be interesting to talk through. We'll talk through some of the guys we kind of like uh, in each tier, but just to set up the ADP uh, over the last couple of weeks in, in best ball tens, uh, ETN is 13, Gibbs 14, Kenneth Walker 15, Dalvin Cook still without a team 16, uh, Aaron Jones is, is 17, Joe Mixon 18, Javante Williams is 19, then Miles Sanders is 20, Cam Akers 21, Rashad White up to 22, Damian Pierce 23, J.K. Dobbins 24. So uh, let's kind of go back and forth here. Uh, give me a guy you like in this this RB 13 to 24 tier, which is the true RB2 tier at least yeah. by ADP. Yeah, so with, with this tier, I, I kind of like whoever falls to me. Uh, and right now, that's Damian Pierce. His his ADP has kind of plummeted the past uh, couple weeks, I think, because he's down to RB23, 24, depending on what date range you look at. But he's my RB19. So I think he's solidly, you know, mid-range RB2. Um, and while I do think, you know, having a back like Devin Singletary around will prevent him from seeing those 80% plus uh, rush share games that we saw last year, or even a 50% plus rust run rate uh, like we saw last year. Um, I still think he has a ton of upside. Uh, he flashed it as a rookie and think he can overcome uh, more of a running back committee this year. So uh, he's one of the few backs in this range that could also, you know, post RB1 numbers if his backup were to go down. That's one of the other things that I consider um, when kind of like rating these guys. Uh, but overall, the Texans should be better this year, specifically their offensive line. Yeah. You know, they added Shaq Mason from the Buccaneers. They spent a second round pick on a center uh, and Juice Scruggs, uh, who should start right away. That was a need of theirs. And they still have quality uh, tackles and, you know, Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil. So um, it could be a much better environment to run in this year. They should be better with C.J. Stroud under center going forward. And Stroud himself isn't really a rushing quarterback. He said so himself. So he seems to be willing to check down his running backs, which um, should only help. So while there's question marks about, you know, every running back in this range, I still like the upside we get with Pierce. Uh, and I don't think he has that low of a floor. Like, I don't think Devin Singletary's going to leapfrog him necessarily. So um, the fact that he's now going at the bottom of this range is why I like him. But it, it seems to shuffle every week now. But as of now, I, I like getting Pierce in this RB23, RB24 range. Yeah, I think the Texans could actually be a lot better than people think. This is no longer like a tank roster uh, because <laughs> yeah. they traded away, you know, their early picks to Arizona next year. So, like, they don't really have an incentive to tank. They got their quarterback. So they did add, you know, just veterans kind of around the roster. You mentioned guys like Shaq Mason on defense, guy like Jimmy Ward. So they're trying to be competitive this year. So I don't think this will be like, you know, a 2-14 and 14 team where you're super worried about, uh, you know, the lead back obviously still should be a, a team that's under 500. I think the win total is six and a half, but um, you know, that's kind of priced in already and more. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind Pierce either. And just a very talented, uh, talented back. Uh, for me, I, I like Joe Mixon in this range. Uh, obviously still has to get his contract. He might have to take a pay cut, but uh, I, I still think if he's on this roster, uh, he has a pretty high floor. You know, last year he was still uh, in terms of per game points, the, uh, you know, a, a top 15 running back, uh, actually higher than that, uh, top 13. So uh, looking at him this year, he averaged 15 carries per game last year, but the year before 18.3. Now you take P Ryan off this team 
they might not necessarily feel comfortable giving, you know, rookie Chase Brown uh, or Travion Williams as many snaps as they did for P. Ryan, who they specifically liked in, you know, third down situations, things like passing situations, things like that. So Mixon could actually see uh, a bump in his workload from, you know, compared to last year. Uh, so I, I think Mixon's getting slept on, still on one of the best offenses in the week. So, you know, we saw, what, he get five touchdowns in a game last year? Yeah. He still has that kind of upside. So I think he's getting slept on. Um, obviously, make sure, you know, he's on the roster and that we'll get the get closure with that at, at some point this yeah. offseason. But if he's there, it's not like we expect them to, to go out and sign somebody because they're having issues with their cap as it is. Um, so I, I think it's going to be Mixon's backfield uh, in Cincinnati. So I think – he he should be going closer, you know, to that top to that top twelve if he, uh, you know, all things being considered. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it was five touchdowns in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, and then they were up so much that you know they put him on ice. But yeah, I think, you know, P. Ryan not being in it, there anymore is similar to you know Cream Hunt leaving you know the Browns with Nick Chubb ceiling. So I think Mixon has a massive ceiling this year and last year. Uh, specifically, you know, he's going to see more receiving work. And last year, his last six healthy games, he saw a target on 31% of his routes run, which is just elite. <laughs> yeah. So if, if he can start catching four to five balls a game, which I'm not saying he will, but that's in his range of outcomes. If, like you said, they don't trust Chase Brown or Trevion Williams, um, then we're talking potential RB1, you know, potential top five upside and you could still get him. Where, where's his current ADP RB 18. Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, I have him RB 13 right now in my media yeah. projections, but uh, again, his receiving issues could be even higher. So, um, you know, his ceiling is still a top 10 running back. Yeah. I don't think people realize that even with, you know, P Ryan kind of cutting in and uh, Mixon still averaged 15 carries and 4.3 catches a game. So that's 19.3 touches. And that 4.3 catches a game was a career high. And that's with Piran, you know, yeah. kind of infamously taking some of that pass down work. So, yeah, I think, I think Mixon's getting swept on. And he's still 27, which, you know, that's kind of like where running backs peak. And then, you know, the other side of it, you start going downhill. But he's not even, it's not even like he's old or anything like that uh, yet. Should still have another season in his prime. So, yeah, I think this 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 could be a a, a great value for people uh, that waited on running back because like Mixon's a guy who could you know based on past performance and this year's projection could easily be an RB one and he's a guy you can get you know you could wait until you know three rounds before you you think about taking him uh, in a lot of drafts. So um, yeah, like love Mixon. Uh, give me somebody else you like in this tier. Uh, the other back that I can get behind again, I don't feel great about anyone in this range uh, is Miles Sanders around the RB 19 range. Um, just because I think we can be confident that he'll be a workhorse back. You know, they're, he's getting 13 million guaranteed uh, Chuba Hubbard's his backup. Um, so, well, you know, th- this offense and the offensive line won't be as good as the Eagles. Um, you know, he, he's going to be much more of a workhorse back, which will help make up for that potential lack of efficiency uh specifically being more involved in the passing game um you know which which is huge you know considering he's going to be on a team that's going to face a lot more trailing game scripts so i don't think he's going to be as game script dependent on this team i think he's going to run a lot more routes in this offense um so backs in this range that's kind of um you know what i look for is like i I don't think his floor is that low so i think he's pretty safe around the RB 20 range. So again, if you kind of miss out on getting one or two backs early on Sanders is a nice, like safety net. And then I'll, you know, take swings for the fence with uh, running backs outside of this range. But I think 
for the frozen pond here, Miles Sanders, in theory, I think he seems one of the safest bets. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, seeing an uptick in workload, got the the big usage. And, you know, Carolina, uh, it's not that they're expected to win a ton of games, but they're in a pretty, you know, easy division with a reasonable sure. schedule. So they shouldn't be getting necessarily blown out. And and if he's going to be in there on more third downs, they talk about Blackshear may, may factor in as well in the past game. But um, still, I think, you know, Sanders has that chance to be a – a workhorse back and that's what you're kind of looking for in this range you know whoever is going to kind of jump from you know somewhere in this tier into that rb1 tier they're probably it's probably going to be because they're not coming off the field as much as as maybe we projected uh at the beginning of the year so uh i think sanders definitely qualifies uh, as one of those guys for me I, i'll go Cam Akers, he's RB21. And like you said, I don't really love anyone else in this tier, but I think Akers is another one of those guys when you look and say, okay, who could conceivably, you know, not come off the field too much? Uh, and Akers, you know, he showed down the stretch last year uh, that he could be that guy, you know, even in passing situations, his last four weeks of the season, he was in on an average of about 80% of the passing snaps. And, you know, that is something that we really haven't seen out of him uh much over the you know coming off that injury you know the first the all the games leading up to that his average was about 26 percent so he's shown that he could stay on the field for all the passing work and, and which i do think there will be because i think the rams defense will struggle but you know any kind of positive that happens if the rams uh you know outdo pre, uh expectations uh or they mcveigh just decides to continue using acres the way he has uh, I, I think you're going to get uh, a pretty a guy with that RB1 upside, even if the Rams are kind of not great like they were last year. Uh, because, you know, Aker showed it. Even in a couple of blowout losses, um, mm-hmm. he, he was very productive. So uh, Akers is the guy that kind of stands out. But I think for the most part, these guys are properly rated. It's more about um, waiting just, you know, where you're kind of drafting these guys within the tiers. And I think this RB2 tier is, is pretty large. Uh, and so, yeah, you want guys kind of at the at the end of it uh, more so than those guys uh, a little earlier on. So Akers, I think, could be a guy that, that we could see, you know, similar production, 18 to 20 touches per game that we saw down the stretch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was the RB4 over the final six weeks, and that was after they decided, okay, we're not going to trade him away. Let's treat him like a workhorse back. So I think he does have a ton of upside. Obviously, the floor is just, you know, Sean McVay can be, you know, unpredictable at times but um you know they brought in sony michelle uh which i think is more of an indictment on zach evans i think zach evans is kind of like he has a wide range of outcomes um similar to isaiah spiller last year so maybe they just weren't comfortable with zach evans going into the season as the number two so they brought him uh michelle but i think acres job is safe uh right now so unless mcveigh does something weird like last year um you know he should be a value at this price um, because we already saw it last year. He was uh, near a top five running back for the final six weeks of the season. Yeah, and still young, too. Still only uh, – it's going to be his age 24 season. So, um, we're Yeah, I, I wonder how, how much some of the shit-talking I personally have done over the past couple of seasons was just – he wasn't over his Achilles injury he, because he, wasn't. He, he miraculously returned at the end of the season where he tore it earlier in the offseason. So, yeah, maybe he's 100% over that, and a lot of those, like, gruesome metrics were just the fact that he was playing um you know his way back into shape so uh still young like you said and very talented so could finally be over that uh you know career threatening achilles injury yeah because so before the injury 
he averaged about three yards after contact. Then, you know, that year he came back and dropped to 2.3. And then last year it was back up to 2.8. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yards before contact, um, which can be an O-line stat more, but it was one one and a half per carry before the injury. And then that year during we came back just 0.1, like right. barely anything before contact. Uh, you know, so the, I think the like it was just kind of a feel, the vision. Because uh, even last year it was back up to 1.4, which is around average. And that was with a pretty bad offensive line. Um, and last year he actually had his most missed tackles forced, uh, per carry, uh, of his career, uh, at 0.19. So, yeah. um, you know, per carry. So I, I think that it, it's kind of, the numbers kind of show that, um, there was an issue, you know, with, with kind of returning from that, that injury. And they, they kind of shot up again last year, even if you're looking at the full year numbers and obviously they shot up even more if you're looking, you know, last half of the year or last six games, last four games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right, let's jump to the uh, 25, the, the, the RB3 technically tier. And uh, the guys in that range, 25, Madison, 26, DeAndre Swift of the Eagles, 27, James Conner, 28, David Montgomery, now at Detroit, 29, Isaiah Pacheco, starting for the Chiefs, 30 is James Cook for the Bills, 31, A.J. Dillon for the Pack, 32, Antonio Gibson, 33, Alvin Kamara, 34, Jamal Williams, 35, Brian Robinson Jr., and 36, Khalil Herbert, uh, looks to be the leader of that Bears backfield. Um, who do you like in – and then P. Ryan is, is 37. Uh, who do you like in this range? Yeah, so I got to go with uh, Alexander Madison. Uh, you know, he's RB25. Some recent drafts, he's, you know, can be anywhere between RB20, RB25. Hmm. But the point remains that he's sort of a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. Uh, and similar to Tony Pollard, finally getting to be the lead back with Zeke on, Madison finally gets to lead, be the lead back with Dalvin gone. So uh, I think Madison still was the biggest steal uh, in best ball drafts uh, a month or two ago when he was in the yeah. RB30, 35 range. But I think he's still offering value uh, in the RB25 range because um, I don't really see – um, you know, Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, or uh, Nuangu, uh, eating into Madison's workload enough to matter. So, um, you know, Dalvin Cook was healthy pretty much all last season. So Madison didn't get any spot starts. But um, in 2021, you know, Dalvin missed four games that year. Uh, and uh, the four games he missed, Madison ranked RB7, RB9, RB5, RB13. And I remember just making projections for those games um, he's usually inside my top 10. Like he, he dominates, you know, the rush attempts. He's not like an excellent pass catching back, but he gets most of the work. So he's a true workhorse back. He's more than capable of handling that for a full season. Um, and I think the Vikings are content just letting him have the job this year. So I think why, uh, you know, running back 25 is still too cheap. I have him as my RB 16 right now. And he's one of those backs that, you know, offers potential top 12 upside. So I think, even at RB25, we're still getting uh, some decent value on Madison right now. 
Yeah, I think he's way. I mean, I've seen him in certain uh, weeks. His AP is up to RB fifteen, and I would still take him there because I think he's just safe. You know, as you mentioned, Tanae Wangu is more of a returner. Ty Chandler more of a special teamer, uh, and then McBride is a rookie. We've seen O'Connell kind of wean on the one back. You know, even when he had the the option of going, you know, Cook Madison last year, it was mostly Cook. Um, you know, I think it's going to be mostly Madison this season. Uh, you know, they they kind of they gave him some 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 guaranteed money. They they had a cut Cook for the cap situation. Um, yeah, I I I think everything we've kind of seen, he's I, I yeah I have him actually RB fourteen. So I I would take him nice. as as like a low end RB one. If if he was my number one running back, like if I missed out on the guys I like in that sweet spot, you know, the Barkleys, the Henrys, the Chubbs. Uh, I'm actually not scared of having Madison as my RB1, considering where you can get him and the fact that you can kind of stack up on pass catchers instead uh, early, because I just think he's another guy. Like you look up and you say, who could play, you know, 75 to 90% of the snaps? Uh, and he's one of those guys. And it, it's prob- that's probably his median projection anyway. You don't think he needs an injury or anything like that uh, to, 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 to kind of play that much. So I uh, love Alexander Madison as well. For me, I got to go with uh, David Montgomery first and foremost. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit uh, and uh, kind of getting that Jamal Williams role from last year because you look at what Jamal Williams did, and he had 45 carries inside the 10. That was 16 more than any other back. And I think Montgomery was signed to to take that role. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be you know the DeAndre Swift plus probably whoever they used at the third back when they were – being mad at Swift and I think it was you know, <laughs> Justin Jackson and whatnot. Great Reynolds, baby. Reynolds, right. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Montgomery did get 18 mil over three years, 11 guarantee, 11 mil guaranteed, which is a lot for a running back. Uh, this will be his age 26 season, but Williams in the game, Swift played uh, averaged over 15 carries per game. Uh, not much in the passing department, but I think Montgomery should be in line for 12 to 15 carries, 12 to 16 carries per game. Uh, and probably a little more, in the passing game than than Williams did, but you know probably not more than two catches. But you know going where he's going, RB twenty eight with the potential to lead the league in touchdown uh, runs, I think is is a value. And you're the, the downside of it once you get to this range, you know between Montgomery and some of these other guys, uh, there's not really much downside in terms of the opportunity cost of so guys you're passing up. Uh, they're all kind of guys you know committee backs, uh, uncertain, unproven guys. Got you know guys on two down backs on bad offenses uh, or whatnot. So uh, I really like the upside here. This is kind of the range where now you're not worried as worried about floor. uh, You're worried more about upside. But if you look at Williams, I mean, the usage was pretty consistent. We do expect this Lion team to be pretty good this year, game script wise. So uh, it's not, not a lot to hate for me with with David Montgomery going to this new, new, new role, better line too, much better line. Yep. Yeah, no, I love this call. I think it's, no brainer that he's going to get the goal line work because um, even Alabama didn't use Gibbs in short yardage <laughs> or goal line situations. So why would the lions, um, you know, he he's compared to Camaro, which I think is fair when you're talking about his receiving usage, but he's what 25 pounds lighter. Uh, he's just a crack under 200 pounds. So Gibbs is not going to be eating into Montgomery's goal line work. So I think that's, that's obviously one of the more valuable um, assets in this backfield. Um, and then Montgomery, I, I think, at his current ADP, he'll beat that if he stays healthy this year, yeah. even in a two-way committee. But he's one of the few guys in this range that offers legit top 10 upside uh, if Gibbs were to miss time. Right. Uh, so that's a huge variable in my running back chart. Um, because like you said, he he 
it's a better pass catcher than Jamal Williams even. So he could be a top 10 back if Gibbs misses time and he'll beat this ADP, even if Gibbs doesn't miss any time. So I think, yeah, in this range, Montgomery is definitely a steal. Yeah. And if he, for some reason happens to have a bad game against Kansas city in week one, like I would be trying to buy low because week two and three is home against Seattle, home against Atlanta. You know, that Kansas city game might be at their biggest uh, underdog. Yeah. their biggest underdog spot of the year, uh, obviously when you play Kansas city. So um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to like with Montgomery. Uh, Who else you like in this range? Uh, so I'm going with the guy that you mentioned just outside this range. Um, I'm cheating against my favorite here, but I, I love this guy where he's going at Samaj P. Ryan. He's going around RB 37 right now, but I think, you know, he's going to trend up as we get closer to the season. Um, and unless and until we get better news around Javante Williams and his week one availability, I'm very worried that he's not going to be able to play the first few games. And even then they're going to ease him in. Um, so I'm a lot more cautious when it comes to Javante than I am Brees Hall. Um, but you know, Samaj Piran is more than capable of stepping up with Javante out. Um, you know, Piran was RB three in weeks 12 and 13 last year, uh, filling in for Joe Mixon. So, um, in this range, you, you, you're drafting backup running backs who need a running back to their starting running back to miss time to hit value, right? Well, we have a guy in P. Ryan who's already looking likely to potentially give you some starts earlier in the season. So that just it's uh, he's going to be offering more value than raw projections uh, would suggest. Uh, And then if Javante, you know, if he gets banged up, even more likely that P. Ryan gets more uh, starts. So he's just the first backup running back I want this season. Um, And like I said, an interesting way to kind of pair him up would be to take a guy like Brees Hall who might start off a little bit slow. You can have a guy like P. Ryan fill in in the meantime. Um, so I think there's a lot of different strategies you can use by taking P. Ryan uh, outside of the top 35 when he could be offering top 20 value uh, in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I think the only thing to watch out here is Dalvin Cook. And if Dalvin yeah. Cook signs, I mean, that means that Williams is, you know, probably there's probably an issue with Williams. So P. Ryan probably still, you know, w- the role won't change too much, but I do think, yeah, his upside is that Javante, you know, really messed up his knee. It wasn't just the ACL. Mm -hmm. Um, So there could be, you know, a longer recovery window. Um, We haven't heard amazing, like we've definitely heard better news about Brees Hall, as you mentioned, than about a guy like Javante and this, you know, the defense is good. Uh, You got Sean Payton. uh, So new system, new everything, you know, Payton, even when Camaro was, you know, doing his thing, you know, they still kind of mixed in Ingram or like a bigger back. Uh, as well so like P- Piron could still get his you know 10 touches per game even if Williams is ha- Williams has never averaged even 12 carries per game in a year so mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think Piron is, is is a guy that sticks out as well for my second guy I'll go with uh James Connor he's RB 27 and it's another guy you know I know Arizona is projected to be the worst team <laughs> in the National Football League this year but uh they were pretty much of that quality last year and, and James Connor was was still in there pro- being productive, and uh, he actually had his he actually had his best uh, season in yards before contact uh, since 2018 last year. So it's not like like his vision's going down. His yards after contact has been pretty stable, um, and that's with a bad uh, Arizona offensive line last year. They were bottom six in adjusted line yards. So I essentially can't get much worse. But Connor's another guy who's shown that you can put him in there for almost every snap. I mean, there were times when he was playing, you know almost every snap of the game. Now, granted, there's a new regime here, but the fact that they don't address running back, 
uh, in the draft or uh, in free agency as of yet, that tells me that they're just going to kind of let kind of run himself into the ground uh, as they probably go on this tankathon. And he had five games where he played more than 90% of the snaps. And that's just kind of rare to find, especially this late in the draft. And if you, anything at all goes right for the Cardinals, if they just keep games closer than we think um, or, or anything like that, uh, it's going to be all upside for Connor. So uh, yeah, love, love Connor here. Uh, not much behind him on the depth chart, as I mentioned. Yep. A guy you like in Keontae well, Ingram, but that's about it. He's a nobody. But yeah, he has very little competition. Uh, and last year, I mean, I feel like we were both high on Connor heading into the year. He was RB10 in points per game. Right. Uh, that's more than Jamal Williams, who scored 17 touchdowns, more than Aaron Jones, more than Dalvin Cook. He still just doesn't get any respect. So the fact that you get him RB27 right now is insane to me. Yeah, and you're obviously pricing in some potential missed games. You know, he's yeah. 28. He's never played uh, more than 15 in a season. But, uh, you know, that's kind of every running back. And here, I mean, th- the upside is the games he does play. As of now, he's looking like a guy who could play, again, anywhere from 75 to, to upwards mm-hmm. of 90% of, of the snaps. Uh, all right, let's go. So outside the 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 RB3 range, uh, who do you like for, for those guys? Let me uh, give some ADPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't give all of them, but just, you know, the guys kind of right after uh, you got uh, Charbonnet from the rookie from Seattle, Rashad Penny, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Tyra Algier, uh, Devon Achain, the rookie for the Dolphins at, at 43, Jarrett McKinnon at 44, Singletary 45, uh, Kendra Miller, the rookie for the Saints at 46, uh, Foreman signed with the Bears at 47, and, and Kenneth Gainwell, uh, looks like the third back for the Eagles right now uh, is up to 48. Uh, so who do you like kind of outside that, that the top 36, uh, top 37 at running back? Yeah. So once, once you get to this range, it's typically all backups, clear backups uh, in an offense. So I think uh, it's, it's all about just ranking them when the starting running back is in and when the starting running back is out. And I do that with my RB upside rankings chart. Um, so the, the first clear, most obvious one that I love, and I think this is a no brainer is Jalen Warren at RB 56. Um, so he was the RB 52 last year, despite Najee Harris playing in all 17 games. Um, and so, you know, Warren could carve out a a bigger role this year, uh, and potentially provide RB three flex value, um, at times, even when Najee is healthy. Um, like that's, that's how involved I think he could be this year. Um, so not many backs in that range even offer that path to mm-hmm. value. Um, you know, he was very good runner last year. He, uh, ranked 10th out of 58 backs in my expected yards per carry model. Najee ranked 50th. Um, you know, obviously Najee's more of an innings eater. He's just, you know, going to be a workhorse back, but I would not be shocked if Warren eats into that even more this year, but you know, Warren was already eating into Najee's receiving work last year, you know, Warren was averaging 30 to 35% routes run per game. Um, so that could go up, but either way, this isn't rocket science. He, he already beat this ADP last year and Najee was healthy all season. Um, but if Najee were to miss any time, you know, he, he would be potentially, you know, a low end RB two, high end RB three. So I think there's just a lot of paths for Warren hitting value here that may or may not even include Najee going down. So I think he'd just be a good backup to have on your roster that you can get super late. Um, so I, I have a ton of shares of Warren right now because uh, he's my RB 43. So it's about 13 to 15 slots higher than uh, 
you know, his ADP. So just love uh, Warren's upside this year. Yeah. And he, as you know, we've talked about this uh, on the other, uh, on our pod last time with Najee, but Warren was more efficient than him. 3.1 yards after contact per carry to Najee's 2.7 last year uh, yards per route. Warren averaged half a yard more per route, 1.3 versus Najee's 0.8. And he gave up, uh, Najee gave up pressures on over twice as many, uh, twice as many pass blocking snaps uh, as Warren did, 9% to 4%. So uh, Warren had him beaten quite a, quite yeah. a lot of areas. So uh, it's I think not Tom inconceivable might, to Tom see. Tom likes him too, right? Uh, Usually I don't like some old running backs, but, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, from what we've seen, yeah, you know, Warren's role grew and he was, efficient or more efficient than the, the the incumbent starters so yeah i see no reason why he, he shouldn't continue to uh to trend up uh for me i one of the guys i like outside that top 36 is tyler algier and you kind of hit on it with okay projecting guys if the starter goes down and i, I think if Bijan robinson goes down massive upside obviously for algier but even if not you know atlanta was second in the league with 26.7 carries per game for running backs so you know, there could still be 10 touches per game, 10 carries per game, uh, you know, kind of for Algier in this offense. We heard Cordell Patterson is going to be more of a, a receiver gadget guy this year, not not mu- as much in the backfield. And, you know, Huntley's coming off a serious injury and Avery Williams, I believe, already went down for the year. So it, it could be a one-two punch uh, mainly with Robinson and Algier and good chance Algier, you know, gets, you know, Robinson could have about 17 carries a game and Algier could still have 10. So, uh, I, I, and that's that's not even counting if any time Bijan goes down, you're talking about kind of a, a anti-fragile situation mm-hmm. because Bijan's such a high pick, so it's going to hurt somebody uh, in your in your draft if you have if you have Algier. So a lot of reasons to like him, uh, and he was just an efficient back uh, on, on what I think is going to be a very good run offense yet again, uh, good offensive line and everything like that. So like getting Algier outside that top forty, and uh, you know especially in best ball where. You don't even have to predict what what weeks he'll get, like his ten touches in the touchdown or or not. But um, even even in redraft as well, because I think he's a very valuable handcuff with uh, what it looks like to me at this point, standalone flex value as well. Yeah, I know he's the perfect type type of back to target outside the top forty because you know he has top twenty upside if and when Bijan misses any time. But like you mentioned, there is a path where he could still be an RB three flex even with Bijan healthy. I mean, Bijan's a generational talent. We know that. But the, the Falcons offense loves to run the ball. I mean, they they proved it by, uh, you know, drafting Bijan and uh, offensive linemen in the second round. So uh, there could be enough volume for even Algier to see 10 to 15 touches a game. So he could offer RB3 flex value even when Bijan's healthy. That's the perfect type of running back to target outside of the top 40. Yeah, I think he has more than top 20 upside if Bijan goes in. He has like oh, top yeah. eight upside at least, if not higher. He'd be a low on RB1. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was putting up the last three games, 20 touches yeah. plus each game. So, like, he, he could he can handle that role. Uh, all right, who else uh, do you like outside of the top uh, 36? So, I'm going way off the board here. Um, I'm going with Keontae Ingram at RB78. <laughs> so, I'm putting together my chart right now, and I have different buckets for every – uh, type of back and right now he's probably the cheapest handcuff in the league at rb78 um now there's a chance you know he could split work with uh cory clement uh if james connor misses time but i do think keontae uh has a ton of upside um you know he kind of struggled as a rookie but i, I think 
He did give me Kareem Hunt vibes when he was at USC. I do think he has some potential. Um, so the fact that he's backing up James Conner, um, you know, who's only played 50 or more games just once in six years, Connor, 28 years old. Obviously, I like Connor when he's healthy, but the Cardinals are likely going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Uh, I don't think Connor's going to play every game. So there are going to be some times I think Ingram could provide RB3 flex type of value. So, uh, and he's also a pretty good pass catching back, which is important when you're on a really bad team like the Cardinals. Um, so I think just when you're talking about backs outside of the top 70, he's the back that I would want because a lot of these other backs, they not only need one injury, they probably need two just to offer RB3 flex value, and he might only need one. So, again, he just has the shortest path to offering value than most of these running backs. Um, other backs in this range that I like are like Chase Edmonds, Josh Kelly. I think those guys are the two only other backs outside of the top 70 I think are one injury away, a potential RB3 flex value. But th- those are the kind of backs that I think you should target uh, once you get outside the top 70. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think uh, when you look at uh, the, fa- the the Cardinals' backfield right now, yes, they're going to be a bad team, but they kind of project to have one like one guy taking a, a big workload. And if it's if it's not Connor, it's going to be Ingram uh, unless they sign somebody. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that their entire backfield is undervalued. Like, yes, we I think the market is sharpening in the sense that yeah, we know bad teams not not as much value, but you know, we, we still can see, you know, bad teams. If, if the back is getting a good percentage of snaps, be productive. I mean, look yeah. at the Raiders with Josh Jacobs, look at, you know, eat the Cardinals with Connor uh, when he was healthy, um, you know, the Rams with Cam Akers weren't great. Um, and he was productive. So it, it can still happen. And I think, yeah, you're getting some value here because everyone's no one, no one wants to touch this Cardinal, uh, Cardinal <laughs> backfield. Yeah. Uh, another guy I like outside the top uh, 36 is Elijah Mitchell. He's goes RB 40 uh, with McCaffrey, including the playoffs, six games, uh, 10.3 carries per game. Not not much in the past game, so probably better in, in half PPR. But, uh, you know, still a guy who uh, I think he's going to factor in into the rotation. And if McCaffrey goes down, he's going to, you know, go back to, you know, being a, a top 15, top 20 running back like we have saw him be in the past when he's started games for this team. Um, and, you know, his efficiency metrics are, are always very good. He's, you know, Top 20 in yards after contact again last year, even better for his career at 3.6 uh, after contact. So the only real concern with him is the durability. I think as long as he's healthy, you know, he's going to be in there for eight to 12 carries a game, even with McCaffrey, because this team has to run, yeah. uh, you know, their quarterbacks are Darnold or Purdy, Darnold and, and Lance right now. We don't even know if Purdy's fully healthy. So, uh, and the defense should still be very good. So, um, anytime if McCaffrey goes down, misses games, you know, just ton of upside. So love Mitchell here. And the best thing is in a redraft league, you know, when he's missing games, you can just bench him. You don't have to even worry about yeah. it. So like him more actually in redraft than, than in a, a best ball type format. Yeah. Same. He, he's very similar to Algier where, um, probably, probably doesn't have as much upside as Algier, but certainly a top 20 back if McCaffrey misses time and he could give you some spot RB three flex games, even when McCaffrey is healthy, but um, Mitchell's RB 40 Algiers RB 42, which one would you rather have? You had to choose between those two. Algier, because number one, I just think he'll be a little more durable, but number two, I, I think there's just even more uncertainty with, with B John. Like we've never seen him. We don't know what the mm-hmm. role could be like, 
you know, there, you know, it, it could be that Bijan's getting 15 carries and Algiers getting mm. 12 or something, which would be, you know, more than I think we're projecting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of upside even without anything else happening or, or any injuries happening for Algiers. Whereas I think Mitchell is kind of probably tapped out like 10 carries per game, probably can't go much higher than that unless something happens to McCaffrey. So it's kind of a, a little, uh, I guess a lower ceiling version of of, of Algier, yeah. but yeah, like and Algier goes later. Usually goes a couple spots later. So exactly, uh, yeah, Algier for me. Um, some other guys I'll mention: uh, RB fifty four is Ty J Spears, the rookie for the Titans, and with Hassan Haskins getting into some legal trouble uh, and being of the last re- regime with John Robinson, who apparently lost a power struggle with with Rabel. Um, so now they got a new GM in there, and they, they take Spears. Uh, he should be the backup, the clear cut backup to Derrick Henry. Uh, so that that I think is 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 of some value because you know if you're concerned about Henry and his age or just the workload, um, you know this guy could come in and, and handle you know essentially handle that that same workload because I don't think Haskins is long for for the roster for for a prominent role uh, wasn't very wasn't great last year either, um, so I think he's a guy to uh, to pay attention to as well. Uh, all right, that is going to wrap it up for our uh, RB two slash RB three slash sleeper running back pod here on the fantasy flex. If you want to hear us talking uh, the top 12 running backs, that episode is already out uh, and we'll be back next week to talk some tight ends. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.